The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. In this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we're getting you across the current drought being experienced across Australia. We tackle how bad this one is and what's being done to help. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Australia has a long history of droughts. Claire, widely considered the most severe ever, was the Federation drought. This took place from 1895 to 1903. So much of the country received less than 40% of its average rainfall. And in 1902, it was our driest year on record. Mm. And then there was the millennium drought, which many listening will recall between 2001 and 2009. So this devastated communities right across the southeast and southwest of Australia. It was responsible for widespread crop failures, for livestock losses and bushfires. It also brought changes to Australia's water management systems. More on water management a bit later. Let's look at this current drought we're experiencing now. First of all, does it have a name? We're just no, calling it the drought. The drought. Yep. And no doubt in retrospect, it'll probably get something. That, it will. Um, but no, the drought. The drought. You only have to head a few hours each direction from our capital cities to know this drought is bad. How bad is it? It's up there in terms of severity with Federation drought. Some areas it's on record as being the most severe drought that they've ever had, but it's the temperatures that make the current drought a standout. And reading here, the Bureau of Meteorology says the last 12 months have seen record high daily temperatures reached across the nation. And 2018-2019 was the second warmest financial year on record. And those high temperatures mean a hotter climate, which means an increase in water evaporation, which means drier soils and thirstier livestock. Other data from the bomb to note really is that Australia's total rainfall during the 2018-19 financial year is 24% below average. This is also a drought that spread across the country. It's particularly severe though to note in the northern half of New South Wales and the southern part of Queensland. The bomb is the Bureau of Meteorology. If anyone (laughs) doesn't know that. And it is the bomb. It's the bomb. (laughs) So with this in mind, the blunt question really is, is climate change the cause of the drought? Australia has droughts, always has and always will. As we've explained, yeah. Yeah. And the drivers of climate change is a whole other thing. And anyone who's interested in that should listen to our shortcut on that. In some aspects of drought, there's definitely links to climate change, like some of the region's experience of declining rainfall, but other aspects are not. So yeah, it's a complicated one. So whilst that's sort of one consideration for government long term, in the short term, one of the great frustrations about drought is that it's out of people's control. And naturally, when something's out of your control, we do turn to government to see what they can do to help. Let's get across what they've said that they're going to do to assist. Let's start this section with firstly looking at the economic cost of this drought. So the Reserve Bank has warned that the drought is weighing on Australia's economic growth and official data says that the value of farm production is forecast to fall by 5% this financial year to $59 billion. And that comes after three years of declining conditions for the agricultural sector. And so far, of course, the government hasn't been able to figure out a way to make it rain, something Scott Morrison has made very clear recently going as far as to say, and this is a quote, the government cannot make it rain and the government can't make life as it was before the drought. If anyone is suggesting that could be done, then they are lying to the people of rural and regional Australia. So what can they do? 
Governments of all levels have a long-standing role in supporting those affected by drought, and there's a long history of how it works. The most recent agreement, though, was signed by the Commonwealth, the states and the territories in December 2018, and that agreement sets out a joint approach to drought preparedness, to the response and to the recovery effort. And how do they divide up the responsibilities? So the Commonwealth very broadly looks after the wellbeing of farmers, so we're talking about things like income support, loans and counselling. The states and territories look after things like transport concessions, fodder for animals, animal welfare and the implementation of water policies. So those are all the intentions of government, but what has the actual response to this drought been so far? So Scott Morrison has said that responding to the drought and supporting farmers and rural communities is his highest priority. To coordinate the response, the government has appointed a coordinated general for drought and his name is Major General Stephen Day. He works through... D-S-C-A-M. Yeah, for for the... He's got... Lots of awards after that. Lots of post-nominals, yes. (laughs) And he works through a joint agency drought task force that's based in the Prime Minister's department. So far, the federal government has provided more than $7 billion in federal assistance and concessional loans to those who need some support to get through the drought. The states also tip in funding on top of that to deliver their end. And as far as the response to their efforts so far, there's still a lot of frustration with the likes of the National Farmers Federation saying the coalition's handling is ad hoc and reactive and it needs to be better coordinated with those state governments. And the National Farmers Federation has put a comprehensive plan to government for more financial assistance. That includes things like better access to income support, support, interest-free government loans for a couple of years, and also really a lot more support to those who are just battling through these really tough times. They've also suggested that the government needs to support those that do want to leave their farms. A lot of people are in that situation now. That's right. In this final segment, we look at reports that some towns across particularly New South Wales and Queensland could run out of water. Let's start with what's going on with water shortages. There's almost 100 towns in northern and inland New South Wales and southern Queensland that have been in drought since 2016 and have severely depleted river and dam levels. And we're not talking about small towns either. They're regional centres like Dubbo, Armidale and Tamworth. They're all affected. The Macquarie River in New South Wales is forecast to run dry by November, which would leave Cobart, Ningan and Narromine high and dry. Forbes and Cowan Parks are also on the watch out. And of course, this impacts far more than just the farmers we're talking about, business owners, families, schools. What steps are some councils doing to plan for the possibility of running out of water? So some councils will ship in water. They'll actually have it tanked in. Others will dig bores and anyone who's had a shower in some bore water will know that's not a particularly pleasant experience and chances are you probably use bottled drinking water in in that circumstance. And then you've got councils like Tenerfield. They're looking at using recycled water for drinking supplies. That's a project that will take a little bit of time, but basically that's taking grey water and turning it back into drinking water. And drought, of course, does inevitably affect all of us, including those of us who live in the cities. In Sydney, there are currently level one water restrictions and Sydney listeners should head to sydneywater.com.au to ensure you understand what those are. There's also restrictions in parts of Melbourne, Perth, Adelaide and Canberra. And more broadly on a policy level, there's also lots of discussions happening about government funding for water infrastructure projects. And Mm. we're talking about things like new and expanded dam projects. Water management is broadly a state government responsibility, but the Commonwealth is 
chipping in to fund some projects that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that would build capacity to capture water and that would increase supply and the reliability of that supply to irrigators and also to towns. Now, these are very big programs and they won't help drought-stricken farmers or communities anytime soon, but the government argues that they're important projects to build resilience and also just give people hope that there's a reason to stick around. So I suppose people might be thinking now about their own water consumption. We're both country girls, Claire. We are. We've grown up having water saving (laughs) drilled into us. My bugbear is people leaving the tap on when they brush their teeth. (laughs) No, you can't do that. Don't have a slumber party with Kate. She'll be (laughs) peering over your shoulder as you're getting ready for bed. No, mine is from an old practice. I hate wasting water when I'm running a shower. So if it takes a while for the water to run up, I always have a bucket at the side of it and capture that water and put it out on the plants. Old school. Yeah, Definitely really old on a farm. School, definitely. <laughs> and that's your shortcut to the drought. Now to our recommendations. One of my favourite things to do is cruise around homewares and gift shops in small country towns. You often find things you can't get in the city. With this in mind, my recommendation drives my husband nuts, by the way. He hates it, (laughs) but I'd say I'm supporting the local community. My recommendation is an Instagram page called Buy From The Bush. This page is described as a showcase of beautiful things from rural communities facing drought and is a small way to invest in their future. I describe it as a virtual small town homewares store and it's well worth a look. Nice one. Mine is from the National Museum of Australia. On their website, there's a great page about the Federation drought and it overlays some work of our best known poets like Banjo Patterson and Dorothea McKellar. There's also a lot of images from that time. If you want to see what the Murray River looks like with no water in it, it's quite incredible. Amazing. Thank you for having a listen to our shortcut on drought. We hope you enjoy these shortcuts. As always, if you have a shortcut suggestion, flick it through to us at hello at thesqueeze.com.au. They're coming in thick and fast now. Now, Claire, we've got to work a bit harder to keep up, I think. (laughs) But we're really glad that you are enjoying them. Thanks again. Until next time. Kate Watson here. Before you go, a quick message from us at The Squiz. If you enjoyed this episode of Squiz Shortcuts, be sure to search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcast app and subscribe. Shortcuts are released weekly and are designed to be listened to at a time that suits you. In around 10 minutes, they'll give you the context to the big news stories. So when you're listening to, reading or watching the news, you'll, for example, have an understanding of what's happening at the Turkey-Syrian border. You'll know the impeachment process and you'll be across the relationship between the US and Iran. Just search for Squiz Shortcuts for those and more to subscribe.